ASI. This is Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw, episode 23. So, question for you. Behind your eyes, really, what does it mean to talk to God in prayer? God? Life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone. I hear you call my name, and it feels like Topic. That is the word. Email address if you want to contact myself. If you want to uh, throw your two cents out there, it's russ at asi247.org. And the website, of course, is asi247.org. That's where all the magic happens. <laughs> uh, contact information, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff's on there. Uh, some videos, there is links to all of the episodes of the podcast, and Season 2 is right up there on the uh, homepage at asi247.org. How are you doing? Me? I'm, I'm good, thanks. I appreciate that. Today's topic, man, is prayer, and I've really been thinking about this topic and how am I going to approach this topic, praying about, talking about prayer, you know, and thinking about how I'm going to approach this because I tell you what, this is a weighty, heavy topic and I could go on and on for hours on this topic, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get straight to the point and I was, I have a bunch of notes and I was praying about you know, just asking God for more of him and less of me. And I wanted to, to approach this topic from from my perspective and from some of my story. Because some of you, and I've got emails over the years, a lot of you who listen, listen because um, you can relate to me because you're, you're stuck, right? Like I was very, very stuck. And, and like I just told a listener recently... I, I do the show because I didn't I didn't have a me you know I didn't have a, a guy who had been through it who could show me some of the landmines that he stepped in stuff like that and and, and right it's just a perspective from a fellow traveler on this affliction right to call it that shaking off the symptoms of my own heart disease as it were you know. Uh, I don't believe that addiction is a disease. I know I get some guff from that, from saying that. It's really true. Um, the addiction is the symptom. It comes up and, and shows itself on the surface. Really, the disease is deeper under the skin. It's, it's a heart condition. If you look up prayer in the dictionary, it says basically that you're 
it's a, it's a solemn request for help or it's a expression of thanksgiving to God, right? And again, I could go on and on for a long time on those two those two points alone, but I really want to talk about some of my own story and how my definition of prayer changed over the years. This is really a season two kind of thing, right? Time, identity, and definition of words. This was a big one for me, prayer. What did it mean to pray? What did it mean to ask God for help? What did it mean to, you know, throw up a, a thanksgiving to God? I, I really didn't even have a firm grip on that early on. To, to give thanks, to, to show gratitude to God. I, I was always looking at the dark side, you know. I was always looking at the bleak, cold, pain, loss, how I wasn't getting mine, you know. I constantly had this kind of hoarding sort of spirit, restlessness that went to extremes, you know. Asking God to change not just my situation constantly, but, but change who I am. Like, I didn't like who I was. I, I, I wished I'd, I was someone else. I didn't want to be me anymore. I, I wanted to die at times. I mean, the pendulum swung back and forth with me. Uh, points where I, just being happy was to go out, party, eat, drink, be merry, that kind of thing, you know. I wanted to kill the pain inside me. And a lot of that pain inside me was the consequences of the eat, drink, be merry the night before. You know, I mean, it was a life lived on the edge. Not just the edge, but in the name of wanting to live, what I was actually doing was just creating this little hurricane or vortex around me that it was just spinning debris and pain and hurt and consequences around slamming into myself slamming into the people that were close to me in my life slamming into my family causing them pain with my own whirlwind of craziness so as a younger man you know this drug addicted mess that I was I would still pray, you know, but it was always praying for me to get out of certain situations to save me from the mess I'd created for myself, you know. And then later on in life, after I'd created another whirlwind that only I really knew about at the time, it was me trying to live right and thinking that I'm living life and whatever and I'd hit the eject button on my faith at that time. I, I didn't want to pray. I, I didn't want to talk to God anymore. And I, you know, I justified it by saying that oh, yeah, the prayer never got me anywhere. God doesn't care about me, kind of thing. And, and I remember times in my life where I'd have family members pray for me, like, "Hey, we're we're praying for you." I mean, even they could see that I was kind of a mess, even when I looked kind of pretty on the surface, I guess. And you know. I remember somebody, one of my one of my relatives or something. Hey, we're we're praying for you. I'm like that's cool, you know. I'm kind of done with that God stuff, but you can pray for me. I I appreciate that. It's funny how that works too. I've said that to people, who were you know, are 
yeah, I'm done with that God stuff, but you can pray for me. That'd be great. <laughs> it's like, it's like you know, it's a strange relationship that we have with God at that point, and I've been there, where you feel like, you know, yeah, you talk to God for me because God, you know, where you start to believe that you can't approach God because God is so mad at you, or God would look at you as, as you know, the an earthly father who, who doesn't is disappointed in you, doesn't love you, thinks you're a jerk and a mess and, you know, has turned his back on you. So you're, you're, you're going, yeah, go ahead and talk to God for me because he doesn't really want anything to do with me. And that's how I felt. So it's not true, by the way, but that's how I felt. And I love this song. I'm going to play another bumper for you here. This is by 6 a.m., and the song's called Pray For Me. I, I could totally relate. The first time I heard the song, it, it was like, wow, you know, I get that. Here you go. She lights a candle, but she doesn't know why she wants to save me. But I'm barely alive, my soul is thirsty. I just want to get high. is 6 a.m. from the Heroin Diaries soundtrack. That is uh, Nicky Six. He wrote a book about being a heroin addict back in the 80s. And Motley Crue was at the height of their success. And he was uh, almost killing himself with heroin. And that was the thing with me is I'd been past the drug rehab, right? I'd been through, you know, got cleaned up from the narcotics I wasn't drinking myself drunk, you know, unconscious on a regular basis anymore. I was, you know, somewhat cleaned up on the surface, but I had the sex thing, right? I had this addiction that I, I couldn't get control of, you know. No matter how hard I tried, I, it, it wasn't going away. So, 2003, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that that's when my wife caught me for again right with the porn and she was about done and I uh, I was done with God and church and all that stuff but my mom's like I called my mom right what do I do I'm gonna be divorced what do I do you know I'm freaking out I didn't want to lose my marriage um, and, and she said hey there's a pastor at, at my church that'll meet with you and that's when she was going to AC3 at the time and when I met Pastor Rick and Pastor Dan and I couldn't afford a real counselor so I'm like whatever you know I'll go visit with these freaking church people <laughs> and I had my guard up man I was I was there I was you know I'm gonna prove this thing wrong stuff like that and 
But it was really those guys that, I mean, it took some time and some being very patient with me that really showed me what prayer was. You know, they started to to open my mind up to the fact that God did want to hear from me, that God didn't hate me, that these consequences weren't a result of God, you know, throwing his wrath down on me, but to pull me closer to him. Later on, I got a counselor that I was paying for out of pocket. I didn't have insurance for that kind of thing. And it was a Christian counselor, too. I started to learn, you know, about Jesus and God coming down to our level and meeting with us. And so I'm like, all right. So I I started seeing this Christian counselor. And he would encourage me to read the Psalms and and pray. And I remember going to my pastors and going, pray, why, why should I pray? Doesn't God already got everything figured out? You know, like God's sovereign. What does he need me for? Why does he need me to pray? Why does he need anybody to pray for stuff? Yeah, I was really skeptical. Like, what? Hey, explain to me that. And uh, I remember like, it was Pastor Rick has just opened the Bible. And and Pastor Rick was real patient with me, you know, and he told me about this golden calf incident, you know, where God had listened to the prayers of his people, you know, enslaved in Egypt, leads them out of Egypt, you know, breaks them free of slavery through miraculous circumstances, frees them from the tyranny of Pharaoh, leads them through the Red Sea, splits the Red Sea, they walk through it, you know, and and they're in the wilderness, and and Moses takes off for a while. Uh, God leads them away while they set up camp, and Moses' right-hand man, Aaron, is, is there with the people and the people are freaking out because Moses isn't around and they're like, what are we going to do? So Mo- Moses is, again, Moses' boy, you know, his buddy, his, his right-hand wingman, Aaron, decides to, you know, basically become like a drug dealer kind of, you know. Well, this God isn't working. I guess we'll create another one. This is your God. And holds up a gold earring and asks everybody to bring all their gold to him and he makes this golden calf and they start worshiping this golden calf instead of the God of the Bible and then God tells Moses right God's like hey uh, your people have betrayed me your people are, are giving themselves over to evil your people are defiling themselves as he puts it in, in Exodus 32 and then God says you know my anger is burning hot and my wrath is gonna burn hot against these people God's like, I'm just going to start over with you. You're going to be the new covenant. You're going to repopulate the land. And in <laughs> Moses is praying and he talks to God. He's like, no, man. He says, like, why would you do that when you just set them free? You led them out of Egypt and now you're just going to kill them out here in the wilderness, Moses says. And he, and he pleads with God to not turn his wrath towards the people. I mean, Moses gets into it with God and just starts pleading with God not to, to do that, not to, to pour out his wrath on them. And God listens to Moses and, and doesn't do it. Now, did Moses change God's mind? You know, if you look over the ancient text, it, it really, it's prayer is good for us, you know. Prayer helps us see through God's eyes. Prayer helps us Right? God is going to carry out his purpose and will, but through prayer we can change how that outcome goes. You know? 
And this is a great example of that, Exodus 32. And that's just one really cool example of how prayer changes things, you know. I'm going to do a part two, maybe a part three, maybe a part four on this topic of prayer because it's so important. But I wanted to stress this point with this message to get you thinking about how our relationship with God works a little bit, right? Like God is holy. God is just. There is no evil in God at all. God is, it's like a, it's like a flame and an ice cube holding the same space. It's not going to last for very long. That we are sinful, that we have sin in us, that it, we're born with it, that through our lives we are being refined, you know. Don't get on your knees and pray for Jesus to fix you. Take this from me. Ask God to refine you. Ask God to, you know, sift you, right? And that's part of this language. I love this. This is a, I'll close with this and then I'll do a part two and I'll continue this message because there's just some really great stuff. What I learned, you know, being a jacked up mess enemy of God about prayer, right? Because that's part of love, man. God is just. God is doesn't just let evil run free and wild. That we're all going to die. God made time and space, right? No one's going to outrun God because he created time. You ain't going to escape from him. And that's that's my my the the film Taken with Liam Neeson. I thought it was a great example of of God's love for us, and also also God's wrath burning hot, right? Like we've taken God's daughters, and part of this is is you know God loves us. That's why Jesus came. But without Jesus, man. Jesus refines the soul. God gives grace. God gives an advocate for us in our place who dies the death that we deserve, right? We deserve to have the, you know, Liam Neeson come pop a cap in our forehead. But that's not what happens. Jesus lives the life that we should have lived and dies the death that we deserve to die. That's propitiation. Check this out. This is from 1 John um, chapter 2, starting in verse 1. My little children, I am writing to you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not only ours, but the sins of the whole world. All right. That word propitiation means that we again that he traded it's the great exchange martin luther says that god gives us his grace we receive his righteousness this gifted righteousness and over time as we pray as we pray for one another right having people in your life to pray for you you being praying for other people as your life meets theirs right but having right but praying to Jesus asking Jesus for for help asking Jesus to to refine you to change you what can you learn from this situation i heard a great quote it said um 
the truth is, you know, don't don't pray for a life of ease and comfort. Don't pray for God to get you out of every little situation. Pray for a life that's hard and pray for the strength to endure it, right? Pray for the race. You know, the Olympics are on right now. And I love some of these these stories, you know, these people who push hard. And, and a lot of them are Christians. And I love that. They're talking about Jesus. They're talking about God giving them strength. Thank you, God. I mean, they, they publicly thank God for the strength to endure the race, to get the medal, right? The Bible says that we are striving for a a kind of reward that won't be forgotten, you know? Eventually, gold medals are sold on eBay. Eventually, these big wreaths, you know, big flowery wreaths, they all, you know, they, they fade. Pushing your way towards the goal, you know, sexual integrity, for example, that's a kind of reward, a kind of medal that when you get it, 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 it has a ripple effect that will continue to your children, your grandchildren, your grandchildren's children. All right? I love you guys. Pray for a life of endurance to run the race. Ask for forgiveness. Pray for your brothers and sisters. And for some of you who maybe have never prayed, can I tell you something? You can talk to God. He does want to hear from you, all right? I, I, I keep repeating that over and over again. But a prayer that you can pray is just to ask God to reveal himself to you. Maybe you don't believe. Maybe you're skeptical. Maybe you're kind of on the fence. And But pray that prayer. God honors that prayer. I've heard that in many recovery groups. I've heard many stories where somebody prayed that prayer, asked God to reveal himself to them, and he did. I love you guys. The voice of truth, you know. This this is truth. I'm I'm, I'm going to end the the podcast with that song. I know I played it before. It's just a great song. I want to play this song. Casting Crowns. It's some of the only Christian contemporary music I like and mainly because the message is so powerful. Till next time. This is Casting Crowns. The song's called Voice of Truth. Bye. kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat of men under the crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand but the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The ways they keep on telling me Time and time again Boy, you never win You never win But the voice of truth Tells me a different story The voice of truth Says do not be afraid And the voice of truth says this is for my glory.
have The kind of strength it takes to stand before a giant With just a sling and a stone Surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors Shaking in their armor Wishing they'd have had the strength to stand But the giant's calling out my name and he laughs at me Reminding me of all the times I tried before and failed The giant keeps on telling me time and time again Boy, you never win You never win But the voice of truth tells me a different story The voice of truth says do not be Listen and believe I will listen and